my that same ex-girlfriend ended up becoming a heroin addict and like pulling me in that direction so there was this like warbly like two years where i was like uncertain of things that were going on the whole concept for move is m make a difference oh to offer up your time talent and gifts B, there's victory in the small things, and E, to encourage others. And so I started to move. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land and YouTube land. I'm Scotty Carlisle, and this is the Move Podcast. So today we have a guest, the one and only Sage Jackson. So you're going to hear more about his story, and so am I. You see, we were just kind of introduced, and Sage has an interesting background. And before we delve too far into the adversity that he's faced in his life and how he's overcome it, is we wanted to kind of get familiar with each other and kind of just see how... Uh, how we think, how I think, how you think it. And it seems to be that we're on the same page. So get ready for an interesting show. If you're driving your car, kick your seat back and relax. Close your eyes and pretend. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You might, you might get me in trouble and we don't want to have that happen. No. So Sage, could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Sage Jackson. Um, I play in a band called Face Facts. I also play in a band called Siamese Dream. I also work as a screen printer sometimes and a bartender, but I usually just call those my pretend jobs. I'm working for my working for my real job so I can take some time off and play music, but no, it's just a joke. But yeah. Just <laughs> That's one, your main passion is main, music? Yeah, music and hopefully Something involving music. I want. I would like to play music, but I've always thought, I don't know, just owning a small label or being a tour manager would be fun too, or just doing stuff like that. I feel like even though I'm younger and just breaking into it and little things, like there's just already so much wrong that has happened to me that I feel like being a tour manager or steering younger people in the right direction and like I like we're the epitome of like the DIY stage of the process so like booking shows and like making sure that we get paid at the end of the night and like keeping track of all the merchandise and being a screen printer and making sure I'm printing enough merchandise and doing all that and like kind of being just the main guy for the band doing all the social media stuff and like setting stuff up like this to just even talk about it to get it out there a little more so so the main the main reason you're doing screen printing is so you could print your own merchandise is literally the only reason why i do screen printing i mean i i loved screen printing before because it's just like a creative fun thing and i don't know it just is a fun cool process but you consider yeah, yourself a creative yeah definitely oh like everything that like i don't know even when i worked in retail like i worked at vans when like 
I like was the guy building the skateboards all day and I was just like, oh, these graphics are sick and like just doing stuff like that and just, I don't know, just being around stuff that I like or just they would be like, oh, like we like your style. Like, why don't you put together the shirt display? And I'm like, okay. And so just, I don't know, working there and then working as a screen printer and then also just being a band guy, just, I don't know, always... Just even if it's like something small, just trying to at least keep my workplace around something that I'm at least interested in to keep myself motivated. Like obviously as a screen printer, I don't like, I don't want to die a screen printer, <laughs> but it's like I'm making money at my job. And then at the end of the day, I can like print shirts before the show and like drive afterwards. So it was very cool. And also too, like n none of the other bands are playing with have like screen printing access like that so every show we had like new t-shirts and so everybody was buying our shirts all the time and like there was it started to get to the point where i we were right before quarantine here we were like breaking even on every show so like it was first year was like losing money every show losing money every show and then i was like screw this like i just need to become a screen printer or something like we need like because merch is like especially as like a touring musician is like the number one financial successor like while like playing music is like merchandise because if you're a stranger and you show up to a show and like especially a local show like that and like you're gonna be like oh this band's sick oh that's the merch table oh it's a 15 dollars t-shirt yeah then i'm gonna pay that and like when and so we would be playing at shows and then we went from like you know losing money to the venue or whoever put on the show would be like, Oh, here's 60 bucks for gas. And then we had like 80 in merch sales. And then I'm like, we don't have to pay for gas. You know, not making any money, but not losing any either, or just putting it towards other merch or just gas for the next shows or whatever. So definitely, definitely, like I said, just trying to keep myself. And, and like I said, like even the vans thing, like, guys that play in bands or like music are gonna come into vans and like i you know just connect yeah basically just anything that would be good networking or anything like that i tried to dip my hand into so let me ask you when did you get into music because i have a at some point in your life there was a force either pushing you or a force pulling you into experiencing the music right is that funnily well kind kind of yes like funnily enough my it's like i never listened to good music really ever like my family was basically like rap music's bad rush and metallica are the only bands that exist and yeah. i was just like okay like in my and in my head too i would like look at a cd and i would be like dang, those are the two good songs. Look at all this filler. Like, I didn't even understand that a band could, like, have, like, an album's worth of good songs. And, but I was always into skateboarding and stuff. And when I was in high school, when I was 15, my first high school girlfriend, before she was my girlfriend, was like, oh, like, do you like this band? Or, like, do you listen to this kind of music? And I was like, no. I've never heard of any of that. And she was like, oh, you just, like, you look like, you would like that kind of music. And I was like, <laughs> no, like what? Or like, I just didn't get, I was like, I don't really listen to that much music. Or I was like, it doesn't like, like, I don't know. I just had like zero connection to it. So I had like no interest, but like 
you know, skateboarding, these guys are, like, throwing themselves through the gauntlet, and, like, it's just all, like, super raw, just passion, and so, I don't know, and, like, I would hear cool songs in, in skate videos, and they ended up being some of the bands that my, like, high school girlfriend was, like, trying to show me, and then I'm like, oh, like, this is, but for some reason, like, I would hear the song, and I would like it, but I just didn't think, like, anything, it didn't go any further. Yeah, like, I didn't, it was just very surface- like level i didn't like try to like go after like i would listen to the song or like i would like listen to it in the skate video and be like oh like i think this is a really cool song but i guess i just in my head i was like oh like but i don't know who it is it's probably some random band that i don't know or like in my head like a random big band that i just don't know like it's nobody and but goes back into the i would look at like i don't know red hot chili peppers and i'd be like oh there's danny california and i'm like the rest is filler so I'd hear like a good song and I wouldn't even like, I'd be like, oh, that's their one good song. Like, that's why they're using it. But my high school girlfriend was like, go home and listen to, to like some of these bands. They're like more like, I don't know how I would call it, like warp Tour style kind of bands, like just more like hardcore, like emotional music. But one of the bands was called Half Heart. Another one was called The Wonder Years. And another one was called Man Overboard which was named after a Blink-182 song. And I did like Blink-182, so she was like, maybe you'll like this band. And I immediately was more intrigued than the rest. And then it was the first time that I like heard songs where I was like, whoa, like this isn't like Led Zeppelin singing about the lore of Lord of the Rings. Like this is something I can like actually connect to or something just think like i don't know i just had never heard music like i don't know talking about like you know feeling numb or like something like really specifically bad happening and like just being like jesus christ like you know even not like even if i couldn't connect to it like just i enjoyed hearing music that a i like that i thought was catchier and cooler and you know you're like 15 and you're like wow like other people don't know about this and like but i do and like it's cool and like whatever else and so like hearing things about guys singing about living with their ex-girlfriends it's like that's like an uncomfortable topic and like i'm hearing like a song like that for the first time and like i can't fathom that but i'm just in my head like you know then open to that and like much more sympathetic to the thought of something like that and even if it's just subconscious just something like that like I, I'm a very non-judgmental person and like, I, you know, I'm very like, I don't know. I equate that to like, I was, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but I was very like sheltered when I was younger, but in I, what way? Like my, my mom was very like crazy with me. Like you can't even go down the street to skateboard at your friend's house. When I was like 15, she's like, that sounds fishy or like even like 12, 11, like, 15 maybe I would have been getting into trouble I guess but I wasn't which is what's funny but like even like 11 I'm like I'm gonna go skate at Nate Dog's house and she's like that sounds fishy and I'm like it's Saturday <laughs> like what's what's fishy about that like what's going on so um but I was just really into like like that high school girlfriend I had she was like showing me like independent movies and like all this underground music like just in the school that I went to my mom put me in because she thought that I would be too distracted in regular high school. So my graduating class was 23 people or 22 people. So yeah, super sheltered. I mean, I wasn't like, luckily I didn't turn out 
as awkward as some of the other people. I definitely feel like I, <laughs> I even though like I mean this is going well now. There's definitely been like like a lot of times where I'm just like super socially awkward. Like I'm really bad at texting. Like girls I've dated in the past will like be like, "How come like in person you're like you like talk a lot, but then like over text you're like really short mm-hmm. and like it's like kind of like you seem like annoyed." And I'm like why would you assume I'm annoyed? Like, I'm just from like a totally different, like not even a different time, but like just coming from a totally different state of mind. Like what? Like I would never like, unless they're telling me through the text, I'm upset. Like, I guess I wouldn't try to decipher a word on a screen. Like, I don't know. That's not me. I'm delving off deeper, but basically uh, before I got sidetracked, super sheltered. So my sophomore year of high school, this new girl comes and she's like already been going to, public school and like you know had before she went to the smaller school so she had already like you know and went to parties and did stuff so like she had people that were showing her stuff and she was allowed to use like myspace and stuff so she and myspace was so many bands were putting music up like it was weird because that was a social media but also like it was a social media surrounded around music which was very strange like which also kind of shows like how music has gotten less important to people i feel like like it's weird how so many people would put mm. so much time into like what songs they wanted people to hear when like they went onto their page and like you could be more creative with it. But like now kids want to be like popular on Instagram and it's just a white screen with a grid of photos. Like, and it's weird because a lot of people look all the same and there's not even any like, I don't know, character to it or whatever. Like, why can't I have a cool song play when somebody goes on my, on my profile or something? You know, it's just <laughs> little things like that. But so she was like much more exposed to it. And then like, I just remember I went home that first night after she told me about those three bands and I was just like floored. I was immediately like, I've never heard a band where like, I liked all the songs on like their album before. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is wild. Like I'm like living in the wild west over here. Like this is like, like so new, new to me. territory. Yeah. Just something to, because like I said, like in my head, it was like, like, you know, like, Rage Against the Machine and Rush and Nirvana and Foo Fighters and like just all these like just super star status rock bands and like a lot of those people tend to write about things that either A didn't happen to them or it's just like a story or they're just coming from somewhere else and like I don't know I don't know where that comes from like these but at the same time if it's vague and you know more people can connect to it versus me being like, I was more interested in like, this guy's living with his ex-girlfriend. Why is he doing that? Like, this is so interesting to me versus like caring about, you know, whatever, something that the Beatles were saying. Yeah. Like the walrus and whatever they're (laughs) singing about. And yeah, just, it didn't resonate with me as not nearly as much. And I don't know. I I don't know what it is about more smaller underground bands singing about, that kind of stuff but they do or i guess maybe you know bigger bands they want to be more private about it and because it's more vague more people can you know maybe it is about them living with their ex-girlfriend but yeah they cast the wider net and even if they were living with an ex-girlfriend you wouldn't be able to tell that from the lyrics so they were able to more people were able to relate versus the bigger net being like why do we want to hear about you living with your ex-girlfriend why did you just move out like that's weird like (laughs) but i mean that kind of and so from there i just kind of went off the deep end and there was a a blogging website at the time called tumblr that she was like oh like you should use this like it's a way to find 
music and i was like oh like is it like tumblr huh yeah and i in my head i was like is it like myspace it's not really popular anymore like at the time and like there was this weird period from like 2012 to like 2015 16 that it was just basically you know people would just make photo edits of something and like but a lot of the times it would be like a live picture of the band and then they would like live edit like lyrics over it and so you could find these music blogs that all they would make were lyric posts or like a, a, a photo edit of something so it'd be some really crazy looking sad emotional pit like a car crash and then like all these lyrics above it and like i would literally just be on this website for hours like finding lyrics that resonated with me the most so it was kind of cool that i was going backwards like because i would read the lyrics first like the lyrics and even if i didn't necessarily think the music was as catchy at first it was making me listen to it because i like wanted to hear all the lyrics or read all the words and like put it all together because i'm like well, if I like them, if I resonate with the lyrics this much, like they definitely have something to offer that I want to listen to. And so after she showed me all that stuff, I got into music and I, uh, that year went to my first Vans Warp tour. And then after that, I kind of was playing music, but I was like, acoustic guitar is fun. And I like listening to these bands, but I had never been to like a, a show before. I didn't know how it was like these pop, punk bands and emo bands and i went and then the second they started playing everybody was like stage diving and like crowd surfing and i was like i didn't even think this stuff was like allowed like at this kind of stuff or like <laughs> i didn't understand and like i had never and it was the first the thing that like stuck out to me the most was like when uh, you watch like a live video of like these big bands unless it's like the big hit and like the, the crowd is never singing I've noticed like they're never singing everybody's just cheering or like when I'm at the bar like people are like I saw you know I saw such I saw Nirvana in 91 and this and that but then like they don't know like any of the songs or like they're like I was there like I was at the concert <laughs> and like it was just it's such a strange thing to me like you know these bands are so huge but nobody would know be singing along to the words and then I would watch these live videos of this band that has like a hundred people in the room and like people are screaming the words back like their life depended on it or something. Mm. And like, why, what do you think? I mean, what's the, what makes the difference between that? I think just like the, I think the like deeper rooted connection, like in smaller, in the smaller music circles, like, like I'm never, like I'm never going to, obviously he's passed away, but like even at like, you know, the height of their career, like, like just Nirvana, for an example, or let's mm -hmm. say the Foo Fighters, like, I'm never going to stand this close to Dave Grohl. And he's never gonna, like, put the mic in my face. And like, he's not gonna. And I'm like, there's just this, like, disconnect that's there, I feel like. And like I said, the other thing, like, a lot of the lyrics are very, like, vague and stuff, or maybe about, like, it's about something specific, but it's not known. It's just like, a in my view just a different approach to it and so you know these bands with this you know crazy music or like these like it, a lot of the times people like that scary angry music like have it like you know it's a song about like a loved one dying or something or a friend passing away and it's like you know just much more like i don't know like indie films were always more dark and gritty and graphic in the 90s and people didn't want dark batman they wanted like the goofy kind of batman and stuff and so like I don't know, like 
when you're younger, you know, you want like the real deal. And so I guess like hearing that and then you're like, you hear it and you're just like, whoa, like he had the nerve to say that when all these other people are not saying that or like skirting around it. Yeah. Like all these other people, like, you know, it's something that happens, but it's not something that's talked about. It's just an uncomfortable topic or like, you know, like Kurt Cobain writing a song called rape me and it's an anti-rape song. And he was like, nobody would have listened to it if it was called don't rape me. And so it's like, you know, things like that. And like, you know, that's not like, it is like a more popular song or whatever, but people are like, eh. and it's like, you know, you're just choosing to talk about something that's more meaningful. And so when you, you know, you're 15 or 16 and you like connect with something so deeply and you're, you have nothing else going on and it's your like whole world. And then you like can go to the show and like buy a t-shirt from that person after the show. And like, they're not a big superstar and like you feel like it's on a more real level of like oh like I'm talking to this person and like the money I'm giving them is actually helping like you feel like you're a part of something and it's not like I don't know diluted with all this other stuff what I'm saying sounds kind of corny and like hoity no 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 it sounds no I and I was asking you because it I mean you have a unique perspective and I'm trying to get to I'm trying to get that out of you I'm trying to figure out you know, kind of what, what brought you to where you are today with your attitude, your background, your upbringing and all that stuff. So in, and what you just explained is not, not everybody has been in that situation. So yeah. people will hear, I, I think that was enlightening, dude. So don't, I, yeah. So, so you just keep on with your bad self. I'll tell yeah, you, no. <laughs> like if, if it gets too boring or, or you're doing something, I'll we'll, just don't we'll change sound that. All, all hoity-toity because I'm like I'm like at this deeper rooted level, like on the base <laughs> of the scene, and like this. And Hold that, on, if you do that, just sit Indian style. Okay. You know, we'll just uh, make it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so I don't know, def, but I guess like what made me or like what solidified the moment for me was there. There was this like specific moment I was at. The one of the first three bands that my high school, like ex high school girlfriend, like told me about was called the Wonder Years, and that was another thing too. Sidetracking, I had never heard like of a band like naming themselves after like a TV show. That was yeah. something else. I, that yeah, I, I, I was just like, what the <laughs> heck? And like a TV show like that, I was just like, like what? But also yeah, too, that... some of the things that they would talk about and like touch on were just very different than like what I had ever heard of you know or experienced like, yeah like these are like a little bit older guys like singing about like being at a frozen funeral in the midwest and you're in a goodwill suit and like you know looking at a loved one go away and like you know you're on the road and like you can't do anything about it and like there's all this like other stuff surrounding it and so like i said you're just like what the hell and so i'm like going to see this band for the first time and everybody's going crazy and uh he at one point like everybody was like singing the words and then he like wrapped the microphone around his neck and like just kept going and then like everybody was like just still screaming the words and then he just like was like pretending to hang himself with the microphone and like was just pointing at everybody like and I don't know what it was like he was just like I'm dead like I don't even need myself like you guys just keep singing and I was just like I want that. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I like, cause at first I was like, I just want to be an acoustic guy like this and that. But it was like more than anything. Like that was like the last 
puzzle piece for me was like the lot, like the actual like, because experiencing a song that you feel emotionally connected to, and then seeing that person be emotional about it, and then you can be emotional about it with them, and like, like there's a person named Anthony Green, who, a different person, a different ex girlfriend like had showed me, and he's like, a ex heroin addict and like you like all this crazy stuff and my that same ex-girlfriend ended up becoming a heroin addict and like pulling me in that direction so there was this like warbly like two years where i was like uncertain of things that were going on and so meaning that you you did heroin too you went down that road or i I didn't i didn't get to that point but it was everything was just escalating like really quickly. Like I went from, you know, like smoking weed for the first time at like 19 to being like 20. And I'm like doing a bunch of Coke and like Xanax and like Percocet. And like, you're like with this, I'm like with like this person that I love or whatever. And they're like, yeah, like this is okay. Like this is fine. And I'm just like, I don't know. And then her stuff was kind of, her thing was like escalating a lot. And so I kind of just wanted to remove myself from from that. But this person, Anthony green flash forward, I like see him live a few years later and it's like a 10 year anniversary for an album that has a lot of songs like around that stuff. And like, I had just stopped doing all that stuff and I left this person and like I did like big bands don't do meet and greets. Like Dave girl's not going to do a meet and greet. And I, was able to, it was like a 50 or $60 ticket. And I was able to pay like an extra $30 to do the meet and greet. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to pay $80 to like meet this person. And like, I like met him and I shook his hand. And then like, I just started to like, I just started crying. And then like, I was like, can I just like hug you? Like, can I just like hug you right now? And he was like, yeah, like, of course. And like, he just like stood there and like hugged me for like 10 seconds. And like, you can't like get that with like what triggered what triggered that emotion though um was it just a specific i think i think seeing this person that has all these songs about drugs that is now sober and my drug addict girlfriend showed me and i'm seeing him sober and he's sober and he's like singing these songs about being high on heroin and i'm like they're like thinking about my ex-girlfriend being high on heroin and i'm like this is a lot to like it's very it's honestly like uh like when you have that kind of experience or like i don't know especially with like drugs when you're doing drugs and you play music and that kind of stuff it really does like transport you somewhere else and especially when like you have like an intimate relationship with somebody and like you are like with them and you feel so good on the drugs and like listening to the music feels so good too and like you're so wrapped up in it and then like every time you hear those songs forever, they're always going to mean way more. And so like hearing those songs like live and like not with that person. And I'm like now sober, it was just a very like stimulating experience and like overwhelming one. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is a lot. But I guess what you were saying, like why people feel, I don't know. Or like why people are more drawn to that or that like smaller scale level of music. I feel like that, like I would much rather have a connection like that with a smaller group of fans and just tour and play music forever than be like some multi-million 
dollar record sale person like right well i feel like they i feel like there's another level of intimacy and connection and you really know whereas you know if you with the big bands like that there's always a facade because there has to be because there there always has to be space right because if yeah. everybody if anybody could get that close then that means they would have to spend time and if they're spending time then they don't have time to spend with all these other people so you kind of have to they have to create some kind of facade that is a barrier you know a barrier yeah. of intimacy and what you're talking about is there's no yeah, such it's just, thing yeah, it's, it's like just a veil unlifted. yeah just veil totally gone and i think that's maybe what it was for me like like i said the skateboarding like it was raw and real and like cool and different and like with all the music on the radio i was like this is not cool and different and like i don't know this is just weird to me or like and almost yeah like and like there was songs that i liked but like all the songs i realized that i liked later were always the much more like emotional or like heartfelt kind of songs and stuff so, so speaking of that are what is your daily routine now as far as how it relates so i know you, so you have these different jobs and then you're yeah. also doing you're also in the band and you're you know vocals and and you play an instrument but what about as far as writing music or do you do you write your own music? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the so with the hardcore band Face Facts, the guitar player of that band, he's like musical prodigy. Like he uh, one of those guys. Oh yeah, man, well, I would love to be a freaking musical prodigy. Well, his... You see these like guitars? <laughs> it's not because I'm good. It's because I want to freaking play it better, but it, and I'm always having these things to remind me. Hey, dumbass. Pick me up and play with me. You'll get better. And then keeping I'm like, eye level, ah. keeping them at eye level on the wall, <laughs> yeah. so they're like they're whispering to you as you're walking they're, by. They're gonna be hanging down, so they bump me on the head too. You know, like don't you? But well, he, the guitar player of that band, he had like own hardships with family and stuff, and like him and his brother, who are in the band, they basically they were uh, emancipated when they were like in their teens, but they were when they were like uh, thirteen and like. 15 they convinced their parents to just let them homeschool and so one of the brothers would just skate all day and then andy <laughs> andy the uh, the musical one basically started playing in bands by the time he was 13 and would play in bands with like grown-ass dudes and like he would be driving out to like out here like to corona and like would be driving to like huntington beach in la and like would be playing at a bar and they're like, this is like, you're only allowed to be in right before, like right when you play, and like then you're like gone, like you gotta leave, like you can't be here. And like, put this blanket over your head and walk in this way. Yeah, and so they, or so he, from like the time he was 13 to graduation was homeschooled. And so he just wrote music all the time and just didn't ever like go to school and have to do that. And so he just played in bands his whole life, like literally his whole life. So he was in one of the people that got in early and was like exposed to it really young and like was just kind of doing it. And so with face facts, it's really fun and cool because I have always written lyrics, but they came to me after a point where I finally was in my own opinion, like, wow, like I'm at the point where I like what I'm making. Like I would be willing to show this to other people. So this is fun. And uh, Andy writes the drums, the guitar, the bass. And then he actually taught his brother and taught one of our other close friends at the age of like 18 and 19 to play Damn. drums and bass. And the drummer is actually 
really, really good, and he's only 24, and when he tells people that he didn't start playing until he was 19, they're always like, stop playing. He's like, yeah, I didn't start playing until I was 19, and they're like, quit, like, bullshit. And like, when did you start <laughs> playing? He's like, no, like, I started really late. And it was because Andy from FaceX would was the, always the baby in the band, and they were like, you don't have any good ideas, you don't have any good ideas. And then he finally was just like, I'm going to make my own band. And so he started face facts and did it kind of got some little traction and little success with like a two song uh promotional like they're called two song promos just like a two piece and they gained some traction and like even caught my attention like locally i was like oh this is like so sick like who's this local band like just crushing it right now like there's no cool local bands here and so um i would like go see them playing stuff and like learned like who they all were. And then like, I mean, ended up joining later, but, uh, yeah. So face facts, Andy writes all the instruments and then I write all the lyrics and all the vocals. And then Siamese dream is more of like my brainchild. I don't play the drums, but like the person that does play the drums in the band, like he'll like kind of play something, but I'll be like, play it like, this or like i'll hear a drum part in a song and i'm like play it like this but just like switch these beats around like this and then like, he can just make it happen. and then he, he can make it, bring it and then he just makes it happen That's so like badass. it's cool that he's able he's good enough to just be able to do that and so I i'm see. like i don't some people are like do you write the drums and i'm like like sort i help with them i'm like I'm, i can i help <laughs> more like conduct, guide and push in this I direction conduct the drums because there's times where he's like where i'm like i just get like hella stuck i'm like we'll do this or try that and i'm like listening to a bunch of different songs and like i like have songs that i save for parts that i like want to reference or something and then he'll be like what if i do this and i'm like damn wish i thought of that (laughs) you can do it so i can't totally say it's my brainchild but like 75 percent is me and then 25 percent is my friend michael who does the drums and so he's he also it's funny like it's all interconnected like he uh wanted to be a touring photographer nipped on the heels of that and like actually was able to take pictures of some pretty big bands in our world and like we were getting to go to free shows all the time and he was making all these cool connections but at the time we weren't ever playing music so it wasn't like yeah when he was networking with those people we could do that and so like i always think about that like all these people that we were meeting and i was just like yo like thanks for the extra uh thanks for the extra guest ticket or whatever like tab at the door and they were just like yeah like don't worry about it and like now but like could have been like, i could have yeah, yeah just like could have done this or could have done that and i mean i mean granted thankfully i have i almost call it like i mean it's not really because it's not as bad but like a slumdog millionaire thing like all these little things that happen that end up meaning something later like little connections that you make that you think won't matter that end up just being super awesome so like i've been thankful for having other bigger opportunities and stuff but yeah so so you have so you have a song that you want to play um yeah well i mean i wasn't sure how you wanted to do it i figured like if you wanted like play a couple like or play a song and like explain what it is talk more and do like one or two more and explain what they yeah i want to hear i want to hear a song so that's what i'm asking all right so this first song is uh the first single that i put out with siamese dream um in january um and i actually wrote it 
in 2018, um, the guitar riff actually started, I was hanging out at a friend's house and the idea for the riff like popped in my head really quickly and he had a guitar and so him and his girlfriend were cooking dinner and I was about to leave and I was like, hey, can I just use this guitar really quick and like write, like record this riff really quick and they were like, yeah, we don't care, we're just making dinner. And so like in the original like recording, you can like hear them like making dinner in, in the, the background. background. <laughs> So it started off, or that's how the riff started at least, and then the words. Um, it's weird because I wrote the lyrics about two different things, but it's all from the perspective of, I guess, yourself, but you, the, it's spoken to somebody. So the first half was written because some of my friends were just kind of in not fun relationships and just telling me how they would their partner would be, I don't know, just making them feel bad about things that they didn't really do or something like that. And so I started writing it from that standpoint. And then one day when I was writing it, I was talking to myself and I told myself, you make me feel bad about myself. And so then that kind of like wrote, got lyrics out of that and then kind of pieced it together. So it's weird because half of it is written from the standpoint of like, you know, wanting my friends to be better, but then the other half is like talking about wanting me to be better, but it all, all flows together, so. You make me feel bad about myself. You make me feel like I will always be stuck in my own house.
dude. Here, give me give me some love right there, man. Oh, that oh was that you, was man. um That was awesome. That was that was fucking awesome, dude. And the acoustics of the room, like there's no echoey like that was clean dude and i bet the recording of that you're gonna want yeah yeah i bet it's gonna sound good i honestly oh dude that was awesome that's the first time anybody's actually played in here oh cool yes glad to hear it me too i'm excited that was freaking amazing dude i was like super nervous because i have not been practicing at all lately and so the last like two days i was just like practicing a lot and so i hope it Hope it sounded decent. No, it sounded good, good man. And your uh, and your vocals in the where it comes from, like you could, I could feel the. I don't know what the word is, man, but it was good. I felt it. It the, was art. That's what that was. That art. Fe- that feeling that you're talking about, like, I don't know. Obviously, like you don't know me, but like you know, we had this like talk or whatever, and like I don't know, like kind of knowing what it's about, and then like seeing it and like hearing it and being like, oh shit, like. I do feel that or like being able to see it in person it like breaks down a different barrier like if I just showed you the recording of that song like you would not have felt like that way just now like versus me like playing it like live for you and so which is which is a perfect like uh icing on the cake of your explanation earlier you know you can you're in it you feel it and it's right here and you're totally like I felt part of it well good I'm glad I Awesome, dude. Glad I brought that into <laughs> the room or made that vibe possible. But definitely, yeah. So that song was, um, or that song is called "Actions," and yeah, like I said, the riff just started out as that first, just the the dum 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 dum, just that one. So you first sa- you first heard the the riff, the dum dum. Before the words came, yes, but that doesn't usually happen to me. I'm I'm not somebody that like I don't like thinking guitar riffs. Like I have to be like there in the moment. So like sometimes I write the lyrics first, but then other times I write the guitar part first, or I mean vice versa. But yeah, usually it's never like me thinking of a guitar riff and then being like oh i need to i need to get that down like right now like usually it's me just like noodling and then like i will play something by accident or play a wrong chord and i'm like oh that sounds better maybe (laughs) maybe i should do that but yeah so that one was just initially that riff and then um it kind of turned into probably the song like it's so it's weird before the song like was recorded and was like released under a band name i would just play shows like locally i and i somehow it just started being like oh like that dude like puts on a good show or like he like gets really into it and so we even like without me having music and like i would one rule is like don't blow up the spot like don't overplay your hometown and so i would i would always play very few and far between so when i would like announce it and i would be like if you didn't get to the last one like only time you're going to get to hear these songs until the next time or, or whatever. And so I, I mean, it feels cool, but at the same time, there's like nothing to show for it. But, um, like the more shows that I played, I would realize people were learning certain parts to like the choruses or something. 
because they had at that point heard it a couple times. And, you know, there's no way anybody could know all the songs' words because they weren't recorded. But just the fact that I had people that, like, knew the lyrics to the songs, or, like, they'd be like, oh, I like that one song that goes like this. And then they would, like, <laughs> like say the words back, and I'd just be like, oh, damn. Or, like, they'd be like, where can I hear this? Like, where can I see that? And I'd be like, oh, I don't really, like... These are just songs I write by myself. Like, they don't, like, they're not going anywhere. Like, I wasn't, like, viewing it as something that I could do or, or being like, oh, like, I should be in a in a band or something because I, I guess I should backtrack. In high school, I wanted to be in a band when I first learned about music. But a lot of the bands that I was into were all, like, my age or a little bit older. Not my age, I should just say, like, teenagers. So, like, one of my favorite bands... Um, I was 15 and they were 18 and they were like touring the country and like flying overseas. And so like my standard, I do that. My standard that I had set for myself was like through the roof. Like I, and not for like financial wise, just like if I'm not like on the East coast, like looking back at Texas or being like, I did it mom, like, you know, or whatever. And so I just had this like crazy thing in, in my senior in my senior English class, we had to write letters to ourselves, and I was being super dramatic, and I wrote, like, if I'm not in a touring band by the end of my senior year, I'm going to give it up and get a real job. And I, like, don't know why. I, like, gave myself two years as, like, a teenager with, like, <laughs> Hindsight, man. Hindsight. not even, like, playing any shows, but I was just like, well, if I can't do it by the time I'm 18, like, I don't have, like, because in my head I was like, I have all the time now because I don't have a real job and, like, I don't have to do stuff. So I was like, if I can't do it, then, like, how am I supposed to do it with, like, a real job, like, on my on my heels? So I didn't make any music for a long time or, like, I made some songs, but I didn't think they were very good. And I, But I was just, I was starting to play shows. And so through that, I started a, my first, like, real band, I would say, which was not Face Facts. It was a different hardcore band, but... um through that like I don't know I had given it up already at this point and I was like uh working a graveyard job and one of my friends was like come over we're jamming and I was like I don't really care but sure I'll I'll go and they were writing this song and they didn't even like care about it really but in the moment I was like oh yeah that's like actually really good like and usually we never would record full songs like any of my friends or like they would just be writing recording riffs with drums on their computer but like that was it like we would just be drinking beers and like somebody would just be riffing on the guitar writing and then be like look at this stupid heavy song i made or like <laughs> i made the spongebob song like hardcore or whatever so it'd just be stuff like that but i heard something in the song and then i started like to get like the flow in my head and i was like and and it was funny because i started playing acoustic guitar and I liked heavier music, but I just always told myself I could never do that. So I just didn't even, like, like take that route or, like, even, like, get into it that way. So I just was like, oh, I could never, like, sing like that or do that. So I just, I'm not going to do that. But it was the first time when, like, my friends were, like, writing this hardcore song. I was, like, I felt, like, inspired and, like, felt, like, probably how you should feel when you're like yeah. when you're writing like, a good, I can do like, that writing a good song and so I was like like I can do this right now and I was like hey can we like pull out the microphone and so we pulled out the microphone the whole thing was recorded in like less than an hour and at the end when we played it back they were like yeah okay and my face was like melting I was like 
like we fucking like we did it like we just like did it like do you not even realize and they're like yeah it's like okay and i'm like no like we wrote a good song this is something marketable like this is good like what do you mean like we like did it like we like finally like did it and it's funny because i could never write a song that i was like proud of on my acoustic guitar like i would have some songs here and there that i would play but they'd always kind of fall by the wayside and like if it if I was trying to write a song to play to people and I couldn't even keep myself interested, why would I expect anybody else to be? And Good so point. I, after this hardcore song, I actually, it's a song that I'm not going to play today, but a song that I still play. Um, but it ended up being the first song I ever wrote on my acoustic guitar. And it was the day after I did that hardcore song. And it was because in my head, I was like, I remember what the feeling of writing a good song is like, and it was almost like doing a trick on my skateboard or like getting your back swing down or something or getting your driving down at like golf. Like literally like the second it clicked, I was like, whoa, like I can just apply what I did with that song to literally every single Let's other song I write. And so I always tell people like when people are like, oh, like you're so good or like you're so talented, this and that. And I'm like, I didn't write my first good song until I was 20, I'm 23 and I've been playing since I was 15. So it took me five years to write one good song that i was like hey wow, everybody damn. listen to this or like i was finally just like wow like like because i i would always ask people like when i would show them my song and be like yeah but would you listen to it on your own time like i was looking for the thing to mm -hmm. be like like how do you even ask that but it's just that like they'd be like oh yeah it's good but i'd be like but would you like listen to it alone like in your car or something and they'd be like oh, i don't know and i'd be like that it's not good enough or something like so that was how i viewed that or whatever but um after that first time of being with my friends and we like did that song the band didn't really go anywhere we played like three shows but uh the main songwriter was same thing that creative like circle all intertwined he's the tattoo artist so and his career choice was he was apprenticing at like the most popular tattoo shop that's in the Got Coachella it. Valley so he All was kinds of fun and games I'm sure he, he was, was he was just he was like <laughs> he was like dude I want to he was like I want to like you know be in the band and I get that I write the songs but he's like I'm like I'm trying to make money and like I'm starting to make money as a tattooer and like I just I don't have the time and I was just like damn dude so I gave up all this skin for your dream and you can't give up a little for mine <laughs> like what's going on dude ouch um so I've found a lot of times somebody's like, man, I love this song. It means so much to me. And it'll be a good song. But then other times it's like, oh, man, we were just playing horseshoes or I was on the pot or I was uh, watering the flower or some random crazy thing. And then they wrote this song in about five minutes. So, and then that has a lot of, you know, a lot of people like that song. And, yeah. So like, I don't know. at least for me, like with song, like that does happen. Like I've written, like there's been times where like I start writing a, a riff and I'll just, or like a part on my guitar and I'll kind of just start like freestyling some words because in like, I just start to feel that it's like a good song. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be easy to write to. Or like, I kind of have like a couple topics that, I've been wanting to talk about, but honestly, I think what you're talking about, like, you know, these people in these moments of like, oh, they were so hurt or something traumatic happened or something big in their life happened and they've got it all out. But the latter to that, uh, sometimes, honestly, a lot of the times, like when I'm like 
peak when everything's happening. Like, it's not like, oh, my girlfriend just broke up with me. Like, I'm going to pick up the talk. I can't even, like, focus. Like, yeah. you know, let yeah, alone yeah, on, like, yeah. trying to, like, write a good song. And so I I definitely think, like, with that, like, you know, like what you said, like, you're just watering the flowers and it pops into your head. It's like, you know, you're always thinking about little things or, like, the meditating thing that we talked about before this was on. Like, you're always thinking about stuff, you know? If you're alone watering the plants and, you know, it's been a month or two since that bad thing happened, you're definitely thinking about it more clearly when you're watering the plants and you can give a more clear thought out the clear more much more clear thought out you know song than versus just trying to cram something out when you can't even because i definitely like when i'm feeling like really really bad i'm not like reaching for my guitar i'm like i just need to sit here for yeah right like just mull this over because like but then again there are some people like that like that they were like, they they slammed the door on me and I just picked it up and wrote smoke on the water <laughs> or whatever it is. But uh, at least for me, I feel like, I feel like some of the, it is true what they say. I feel like some of the best songs are written the most quickly, but I have songs that I like equally that took me a little bit longer to, Thought through, to, to write. But, that you had to think through and piece together over time and yeah just like, like there's some songs like i would have like one half of it done for ever like for like over a year or two and then like one day i'd get back from work and i would just sit down and the first thing i played sounded good and i was just like oh there it is you're just two <laughs> years too late but thank you you're finally there like that's and so there's just certain things like that i guess but um at least for me, like I, I have to be feeling more normal or like in a, like, I guess we we're talking about that too before the cameras were on, like rituals. I don't have any rituals for, uh, for shows, for live shows, but for writing songs, I cannot write in the afternoon. It has to be like in the early hours of the morning or like in the middle of the night. So virtually the same thing, but hmm. it, it's always been in like, like at night or like before noon like before noon and after 10 10 10 p.m to 10 a.m is are my working hours basically so, got it but interesting yeah i i don't know what it is like if i'm in the, i feel like it i feel like if it's the first thing i do or the last thing i do it's easier for me but i feel like if i'm just trying to squeeze it in the middle of my day like i can't do it like i need it to be like like my full focus it's like me on the bed like i have to put my foot over the bed like i can't sleep in the middle because then like i got i can't if somebody's on this side and i can't or somebody's on this side and then i'm i'm feeling you know with the blanket and i'm i'm like claustrophobic so i got to sleep on one side of the bed so i can kick my foot out of the blanket and you know so it's like when you're on the first or when you're in the beginning of your day or you're in the end of the day it's kind of the same thing like you have that you have that edge right yeah. whereas in the middle you're just like kind of you got things that have gone on before and you have other things that you're going to have to do later and so you're i i can see that what is your okay so you had so you played that song which is freaking awesome and you said that you were thinking about playing two songs yeah so what else you got uh the last one is like i said was kind of like a little bit of a fan one that was liked um this one is also one that is liked by my i don't know like my friends and people who like my music tend to like this song it is just one of those ones that um 
I never thought I would like have one of those songs I did not want to play, but this is one of those songs. But it's but also, everybody likes it, so damn it! But yeah, <laughs> I gotta but throw it out there. But it also is one of the one of the good, probably one of the better songs I've I've ever written. So I guess I screwed myself over on that one. Right? <laughs> yes. But all right, uh, this song is called "Bathtub Queen." Um, it was about the ex-girlfriend that I was with that kind of uh, is now a drug addict and stuff. She would take baths all the time, and uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Now I'm stuck outside the door listening 
up, queen, please come home. I fucking hate that now you bathe with the door closed. Thank you. Bro. <laughs> yeah, that one's, a, that one's a bit of a doozy. Whoa, that's good, man. <laughs> that is, um, dude, I, what a great song in of, that's a good song, dude. Thank you. That's a good yeah. song. Yeah, you screwed yourself on that one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And it's, yeah, and it's funny because, like, I I usually don't name my songs, and, and especially, like, I don't know, I like when songs are named something, like, else, kind of, but, like, that's the only song I have where people are like, play that Bathtub Queen song, or play that, like, <laughs> Bathtub Queen, and so I kind of, like, it's such a weird thing or whatever for people, but, like, I, I, I like strange song titles, and I mean, I guess that I thought it sounded goofy, maybe, like, Bathtub Queen, but, like, I mean, yeah. it's already a funny lyric, like, why not <laughs> right. just make it the, the song title or whatever, so. You know what I love is, like, you sit here and, and you talk and you're very, like, kind of quiet and how you talk and you're reserved in your mannerisms and you're like this and you talk. But you freaking throw down, dude. Like, you And I'm like, what the? Where did this come from? Like, we're talking and you're like, just, you know, and then all when of a sudden, I, when, I clock in, I, when I clock in, I got to give it 110%. <laughs> I all right, fucking love so, it, dude. Yeah, so. I, lo I, I love that ability. I love the, um, because you're, because you are giving 100% of yourself, right? You're not, you're, you're not, um, you're not holding back, man. You're just letting it open up. You're, you're like full throttle. And that to me is, um, a lot of people can't do that. I can't do that in certain ways In other ways. Yes, I'm full throttle, but in certain ways, you know, I can't, I'm like, I'm muffled, I'm muffled. And what is really cool is when you are able to take off the governor <laughs> and open it up and it's like holy shit there's speed there there's there is velocity there is movement there is power you know that and that's what that was and that's like one thing that i mean at least that i'm thankful for is at least when people like i don't know like i don't know what people are going to like take away from like seeing me play or whatever but just it all comes back to like that first experience that I had at a show where like these kids were like climbing over each other to like scream the words back like their lives depended on it like and just I don't know seeing somebody be like that emotional or like just you know like it's the, like they wrote it and like they're performing it and like they're still getting like they're still sounding like that you know whatever about it and so I guess like when people tell me stuff like that like wow like that's really like in my head I'm I'm just trying to play music like how I I feel honestly. Do you think so, that playing that song is therapeutic in any way? Do you still deal with some of the emotions from your ex-girlfriend? I mean, that stuff definitely still like you know is is there and like it was a very, you know, anybody'll tell you uh, watching a loved one go through addiction is like honestly yep. one of the worst things that can happen and yep. like it for me, it was, like, my first serious relationship, first girl I ever, like, lived with, and, like, 
So like the first half, like it wasn't like that. And then the second half, it just like changed so drastically. And your mom had sheltered you. So there was no. So it's weird. Like, so my mom like sheltered me from a lot of crazy stuff or whatever. And like my mom never drank or at least in front of me and was not a heavy drinker. And, like, there was just this whole facade that, like, my family never did any of that stuff. And then, like, years later, I found out that, like, my whole family were all, like, you know, either in some, like, struggled with addiction or alcoholism or, yeah. like, all this other they stuff. They were real people. And so, you know, it sucked because, like, growing up, I just was, like, oh, like, you know, drugs are people. Like, drugs are things that, like, homeless people do or, like, stuff like that. Like, you're never thinking that, like, you know, your bartender or your, or your barista is the one, like, smoking foil in the back freezer at Starbucks or whatever. And so, like, it, like, you know, so with that song, I mean, I do think that it, like, helped me, like, because I had those feelings and, like, writing it. Um there's definitely times where if I don't feel like playing it, like if somebody calls it out, like a friend or somebody that's been before that knows or something, and they're like, play Bathtub Queen, I'm just like, nah, yeah. not tonight. Like, it, it has to, like, feel right. Or, like, I don't know. If I feel like the if I feel like the people are actually watching me, I'll play it. Like, it's something that, like, I'm not just going to, like, put myself into and just have it fall on deaf ears because, like, it's already, like, it's not a song I, like, practice or anything like it's not when i'm like riffing off or something so like yeah. when i when i do play it it does feel like something like it does feel like a part of me that i'm just like you know people say something like musicians put their heart on their sleeve or whatever i mean some people don't but at least for me like all of the good things that i ever wrote came from you know hard hard times or not understanding something and wanting to and like looking for answers that aren't there or and, you know, it's funny because, you know, people ask themselves these questions and then you're like asking yourself these questions through song and then you're like twice as much thinking about it. And then at the end, you're like, I have more questions than I started with here. Because, and I mean, to go back to the meditating thing, like if you're thinking about a topic and then you like write a song about it and that song takes you some time or like you're thinking about it, like, you know, you're obviously going to feel more about that subject by the time you're done you know so yeah. like granted i felt a lot about that ex-girlfriend and stuff and you know all the drugs and stuff and like kind of like pulled me into it and stuff but like i don't know like i wrote that song to feel better but like it i don't know songs kind of transport you back to certain times too yeah. and like it's one of those songs like i wrote in the apartment too at the time so it was like kind of even weirder too like when i play it like i'm literally like and it's like you know i'll be like standing Memories. on stage and it's like one of the songs i play alone on the acoustic guitar the band's not there anymore and then i'm just playing it thinking about sitting there on my old couch and like it's not bad it's just you know like i said i, I feel like i have to like gauge the crowd i'm like they're into it they're watching <laughs> they're, I'll they, do it. they they get to they get to hear it or they get to see me be a, a sob story i guess <laughs> but well it's that relates to, you know, that definitely relates to the podcast as far as, you know, some of the best things that you've written have been in response to pain. 100%. Yeah. And and I feel like that most of our biggest blessings in life stem from 
our pain. And it's not necessarily the pain itself. It is how we sit with that pain and how we decide to address it. Are we going to be a victim? Are we going to just cave in and feel sorry? Or are we going to take it? Are we going to spin it? And are we going to repurpose that in a direction that will make a positive thing happen in our life or in somebody else's? And so what you're doing, you're able to turn that around, repurpose it, redirect it, and you're throwing it out there for everybody to pick up, right? So so we all have our struggles that we face in life. And what you're doing is you're taking a struggle that you had and you're throwing out a, a net for everybody and you're saying, hey, for this next couple of minutes while I'm playing my song, take a hold of this and I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to lift you up outside of your problems. I'm going to lift you up outside of your adversity. I'm going to lift up, lift you up outside your suffering. And you're able to do that because you unleash it, right? And what you unleash, that is what's happening. You're allowing people to ride your coattails. And that's what happened like right now when I'm listening to it. I can totally feel it, dude. I can totally feel it. And anything that I had in my mind was gone. And I was just like, this is a cool experience. Like, And so so you're definitely in the right direction. Whatever you're, if you ever were guessing if the, you're doing the right thing I, in life, I, I think you got it. <laughs> I, guessed, I guessed for a long time. And I mean, I, it's weird because I joke around and I tell people like, I'm like, oh yeah, like I know I rock. Or like when I talk about songs, like I always refer to my songs as hits. I'm like, oh yeah, I just wrote another hit. Like just, <laughs> I love like, it. I, and I, but I used to never, I used to never be like that. I was just like, oh, like it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And it wasn't because I was having like this pity party on myself. It's different if I were to play you songs like these that are genuinely good. And then the whole time be like, no, it's just not good enough. And it's like, I'm like yeah. okay, like you can believe that all you want, but like even like even you inside have to feel like that's yeah. a good like that would be like well, you know the, that's a manipulation. People do that, and and it's a that's fake. Yeah. And you can catch that if it's good, it's good. Yeah, right? but there was just so long where people would be like, no, it's good, and I'd be like, no, it's not good, and they'd be like, why are you beating yourself up? And then I would do that thing. I'd be like, well, would you listen to it in your own time? And they're like, well, no. And I'd be like, then it isn't good. <laughs> like you're not. And so it it wasn't until that first experience, like I said, where my friends were just riffing in their room, and then. Finally, after, you know, five years, something popped into my head. It just took me working a graveyard job. No longer to incubate. Yeah. Well, I also think, too, like a lot of the bands that I would look up to and stuff, like I said, the 18 thing, I would hear some of their song lyrics, and they clearly had much more life experience than I had ever had at that age already. Like, singing about living in Philadelphia and going to parties at like age 16 and 17. Like that's probably a lot more stimulating and a lot more going on for a 16 year old versus me being alone in my bedroom all the time in El Paso, Texas. And then like at 19, totally just dating like a, somebody that like turned to drugs and just like watching that unfold and literally having like, not any idea on how, how to handle it. I mean, just, you know, doing the best as I could as like a 19 year old kid, but like 
you know, going to my therapist being like, I like don't know what to do. And she's like, well, you're 19 and you're dating a drug addict and you're literally doing the best that you can. And so like, it's just one of those things where, you know, for so long, I just felt like I couldn't. And you were saying like, you know, something good has come from it or whatever. Um, I, it is weird because, you know, I could never figure out like, why couldn't I write a song? Like, why couldn't I write a song for so long? And it's like, you can be so passionate about anything like skateboarding. Like I could never be like good at skateboarding because I was super duper passionate about it, but I shouldn't have anything to like drive it for me. Like I wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it alone. Like I wanted to be with my friends skating or something like that. And like, it wasn't until like going through, like, I mean, honestly, like, you know, parent stuff too, that was also traumatic, but I just couldn't draw musical inspiration from that or it just didn't click with me in that way and so like having my first true personal experience by myself like a traumatic one and like at the time my parents weren't talking to me I should say I wasn't talking to them it was vice versa maybe it was, it was mutual, mutual agreement it was mutual not talking I was not the first to break though which is all that matters so uh, <laughs> no not 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 petty and grudge holding but uh just you know, even if it's your parents, if you're not being treated the way you want to be treated, you're allowed to, you know, try to want better for yourself. But at 19, it's it's very hard. So trying to want better for yourself and, you know, leaving your home at 19 and then going to date an unstable drug addict, you feel very alone. Yeah, and, and, I would imagine. And, you know, you're the breadwinner in the house. And, like, yeah, I would say I had some uh, some newfound um, – sorry, I'm just like – Going yeah. to town on my eye right there. And the bread's like an English muffin. It's not like at that point in your life you have some huge job where you're bringing in the nice bread, the, the French deli bakery, you know, mm, bread, that no. baguette that smells like, you know, it's like, well, now I got some English muffins here to handle handle business, and that's Yeah, that was, that was about it. I worked at a graveyard valet place, and they had an employee dining room. And, like, we weren't supposed to take shit from there. And all the time, I was just, like, bagels and English muffins, too. So it's funny you use that as an analogy because I would literally be taking, like, English muffins and fresh fruit and stuff and, like, dry cereal and just, like, fill, refilling up my own Rice Krispie box at home. And I'm just, like, I mean... Gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, and so, I mean, I was just, you know, really at that time, like, feeling very alone. And so I, I wrote a lot of songs that I, you know, that mean a lot to me and that, um, you know, came from that time or whatever. And so it is, it is strange when you, you know, have been writing music for some time and like, you still feel strongly about different things, but you know, when your life, you know, your life does change. Like, so I'm, you know, I'm not this broke 19 year old dating, uh, you know, and in a bad relationship forever. So like, I'm not always going to be able to write songs like that or make them sound like that or whatever. So I am very thankful that I am still able to write songs or if, you know, it's not like, you know, it's been so long since I've been able to write other things or, and so I kind of, you know, just at least for navigating songwriting, like there was a time where I was like super nervous. Like after writing my first few good songs, I was like, does the buck stop here? Like my life's getting a little better. Like um, my life's getting a little better. Like what am I supposed to do? And like, you know, and you know, there's always inspiration to draw from for stuff, but I'm at least, like I said, thankful that I 
am able to still write songs. And when I do get writer's block, it's not like totally like brick wall. Like I'm still able to get something out, but the songwriting process is just slower. Cause there is, there is times where I am just like, it'll be like two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just like on one and it's just like, I get like six or seven song ideas out like over the course of two weeks. And I'm just like, whoa, like that was crazy. Like, how did I do that? And then I go like another six or seven weeks where I'm just not Nothing. writing anything. And I'm like, damn. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. So I'm just like, but at the same time, I, I usually take time when I'm not, I don't know, not able to write anything to maybe just work on other song stuff or social media stuff for the future or merch stuff. Usually when the song juices run out, I try to, instead of just being like because there was so many times where like I would not be able to write a song and then I would feel upset and then like how do you express your upset feelings if you can't even you know write them out at that point in time and so I uh, I don't know I just definitely definitely thankful that I, I have other things to look towards like screen printing and other stuff so I can you know divide up my time and not feel totally hyper focused on the same thing all the time because yeah, but there are have. different experiences in life that that build different layers of depth. And sometimes it's almost like when you play sports and you know you're playing baseball, but then you also play football. Like for me personally, and then like I would also wrestle, and then you would pick up different things from different sports. But then overall, those little things all help you in all of the other sports. So you know, wrestling helped me with with. Uh, I guess coordination and maybe endurance, right? Or and knowing my balance where and then I would take that into let's say football or actually springboard diving. That is really where it helped me. So I ended up doing really well in springboard diving and I had just started it because it was like fun to do flips. I always wanted to do flips. That's why my company is called Flip, actually. Um, <laughs> because it's flipping and and when you jump up and you do a flip. It's liberating. It's it feels so good. It I mean, feels I've so gone, good. I've like gone cliff diving and done like front flips off sunset cliffs. My friends were like, "No, you're not," and I was like, like I'm, "Yeah, I'm like, I'm so gonna do it." And I saw this guy doing it, and I was like, "I was like, lay it down like layman's terms." And he was like, "Get a good jump, just Superman your arms out." And he was like, "Just bring your knees to your chest, and by the time you open up, you'll be hitting the water." And I was like, "Is it really that easy?" And, Oh, I, no. <laughs> did, I, did, I, I did it and I did it first try and everybody was like, have you like flipped before? And I'm like, no, but I'm going to try. Never been cliff diving before. Never and the done... first time you did a flip was off a cliff. First time I did That's a flip was off a cliff. That's a good story. Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to like do it. Like, I don't know. Like, and my friends were like all jumping in and they were like, you've never even like been cliff diving before. Like, you don't. Like, I can't even, like, like I've done a front flip into a pool. Like, I can't even, like, back flip on a trampoline or anything. And I'm, like, trying to flip off a 20-foot cliff. And they're just I love like, it. this is a bad idea. But I was committed to it. So, I mean, but, yeah, no, like, diving or jumping off stuff, yeah, liberating and feels awesome. So I think that there's a good thing about the number three. And I think um, that we're – I don't I, – I mean, we could honestly do this for another three hours, like, I could say here, we could talk, we could bullshit about yeah, no worries. God knows what, but I know that you got other stuff to do. And then, so, but before you leave, I feel like you should play one more song. Yeah, no worries. We can definitely do that. Um, I'm going to push you. 
You said two. Give you know. Three. I said two is better two, than two, two. Three. Yeah, let's okay. uh, we can make it a trilogy. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let's see. What to play? What Honestly, to play? those were like the main two that I was thinking <laughs> of. I was like, if I do play a third one, I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna play. Good. Um, I'm glad I could get you uncomfortable, and you're gonna have to. Uh, all right. Play from the hip. <laughs> okay. Actually, I was gonna play a cover. I'm just gonna play one more original song instead. That sounds more fun. Um. Um. All right. So this song is called. Um, honestly, doesn't even really have a name. Um, I just usually call it "High" all the time. Um, but. Um, another song about the same ex-girlfriend or whatever, but, uh, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to write a sad song, but use lyrics that were not about that sad of things. Okay. So like, just like, you know, obviously it's a sad song, but I guess I just wanted the, the lyrics to not convey that as much even though it is like a very you know sad kind of song <laughs> couldn't be three for three <laughs> stole your heart with caffeine
Okay. Butchered that one a bit, but thanks uh, so much. Um but isn't it dude, that's what happens in life, man. We we go and we put it out there and then Sometimes we don't hit the fucking note, right? We don't hit it, but we can kudos. be we can be two out of three. Yeah, no, no, but the, here's the point: it's not like you got hit with adversity in the middle of that, right? This is what it's all about. You got hit with shit. I screwed up, but and you're like, I you could have gave up, but you didn't, and you you did it again, and you hit it, and it was good. Almost did a different song, and then I was like, I went too far <laughs> into that one. I was like, I gotta give him the gotta give him the third one. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I pushed you for that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scotty, for having me on, letting me talk about a little bit about my life, plug my bands. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, where do they find your music? Where do they find you? How Um, how does it work? All the music is anywhere that anybody likes to stream. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon Play, all the the links. Um, Instagram is FaceFactsHC for the hardcore band. And then uh, Siamese Dream CA for California for everything else for the other band. And then, yeah. Hopefully, shows don't stay frozen until 2022 because yeah. we were on a pretty good roll. So yeah, well, I can see why, man. You you have feeling in your music. You have feeling, and that is damn good, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, me too. Me too. I appreciate it more than you do. So that's oh, great. Well, thank you. <laughs> so there you have it, guys. If you like his music, which if you don't, what's wrong with you? If you know you know where where to reach out. If maybe you have a gig, if you have a an office party, and you want to have, do you guys do that too? Corporate events, or is it mainly like mainly bigger just venues? Like, I mean, like shows, not like big venues, but I mean not yet. shows. I mean, if people want me to come down by myself, I'll come play to like an intimate audience. But yeah, I mean, I'm usually down for whatever. So okay, you guys, thank you for tuning in. I love you but I'm going to have to leave you. Sayonara.